so this message is a daunting subject, I'm not going to lie. This is probably the most Google thing um, about our faith that we have, and it's what brings many people to our faith. I'm pretty excited to say that it was this very question that brought me to Christ uh, 20 years ago. I'm about to celebrate my 20-year birthday on Easter this year, and, uh, and so I'm really excited about that. I am older than 20, uh, but my spiritual birthday in Christ is 20 years old, and it's because of this very question. And so people that search the internet um, about Christian thoughts, this is the question. And it's a difficult question to answer, but I'm going to try to jump into it. I want you to know um, today that obviously I have not seen the other side yet, uh, but I know someone who has. Amen? Cool. Would you guys stand with me really quick? I'm going to read a verse in the Bible, and um, this is found in Revelations chapter 1. Revelations chapter 1. This is actually the first thing in the Bible that I did read. This book scared the pejeebers out of me and caused me to run to the Lord with all my heart. Revelations chapter 1, verse 18, and it says this. Jesus says, I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I'm alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys to death in Hades. Wow. Jesus, would you help today? And I'll give you all the praise and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I, I have not seen the other side, but what's really wonderful is I, I can tell you that I've, I've actually pursued many different religions in my life, and I've sought after this question and what is on the other side, and, and I, I found many answers. And then I found Jesus, and he is the only one that says, I know what's on the other side. I've been there, and I have overcome. And we're going to talk about that in, in, in greater detail in the weeks to come. But it's so powerful to me. And so what's really funny to me is that there is a lot of people that believe in eternity on earth. There is a lot of people that believe in eternity and believe in Jesus on earth. There is a lot of people that believe in eternity and believe that Jesus is the way in eternity. There is a lot of people that believe that the eternity exists, that Jesus is the way, and don't believe in hell, and don't believe in, in, all, in, in what happens and who goes there and, and what all this process is. And there's a lot of big question marks. And what I've found is that there are so many question marks that people oftentimes, they don't even like thinking about this subject. If it comes up in conversation with loved ones, if there's something else that we could talk about, let's go ahead and go to that as soon as possible. And so um, we want to tackle this because I do believe that you have questions. I do believe that this is an overwhelming uh, statement. And uh, I want to make sure that you understand that the things that I'm about to say, I encourage you to challenge me in. I encourage you to research. I, I do want to encourage you to research through the scripture. It's important that we don't just grab thoughts from anywhere on this earth, especially the World Wide Web. There's a lot of different thoughts going around on this, on this planet. And you'll meet some weird people. But on the internet, you don't meet them. You just hear what they're saying, and uh, there is an enemy that would not love nothing else but to lie, steal, kill, and destroy, and uh, so anyways, I'd encourage you to, to do some research about this, especially from Scripture. Um, let's jump in here. I have, uh, my first point today is that uh, I found a staggering, crazy statistic 
you are going to die one day. One out of every one people on earth die eventually. It's crazy. A hundred out of a hundred, one thousand out of a thousand, one million out of a million, one billion, one billion out of a billion, all will die eventually. And uh, what's crazy is that many of us don't know what's going to happen on the other side. We have questions, but we don't really think about it. And I think that if there's anything on this earth that we should analyze, that we should be massively aware of what's coming, it's what's on the other side. What happens one minute after we die? Why is this important? Because, man, as many of you, uh, who here would go parachuting Without knowing what's going to happen when you jump out the window, you want to know all the details. Okay, so this pack does what? And this cord does what? And if I pull this cord right now, what is it? You want to know all of the details. We want to know as many details as we can about what happens on the other side. And my objective is just to clear up as many of these thoughts as possible. I want to let you know that what I'm about to share today is probably the most basic in, 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 in Protestant beliefs that a Christian would believe. These are very elementary, yet I have found that many of us don't know them. And I, I don't say that to be rude, but I do want to make sure that I can encourage you because knowledge is powerful. Amen? Amen. Great. Uh, so the first thing I want you to know today is that we all will die. It's an important thing to know. Uh, two, uh, but, but in that, we don't really die. What happens one minute after we die? Well, it's funny because I've, I hear this said multiple times from Christians, is that uh, when, when we die uh, and, and we, um, or if, if Uncle Jimmy dies or, or Aunt Betsy dies, they're here and they're watching over us today. You know, we're at their funeral and we go back to, for, for some from fruitcake at their house and we're all having potluck together and, and Aunt Betsy's here today. She's watching over us. And I, I want you to know that um, I don't know where this comes from, this concept, this belief, but I can't find it anywhere, in fact, in scripture. And what's really crazy about this is there are a lot of teachings about spirits and spirits that remain afterwards. But everything that I can find from researching throughout the entire scripture is that all of those spirits that you might find are not born of the Lord. And so it's important that we understand today that, hey, listen, if you want to believe that Aunt Betsy is here watching over you, I am not saying that that is uh, like, like it's going to hurt you or harm you to believe that she loves you. If, you if, that, if that's what it takes for you to believe that God is good and that God is taking care of her, then, then that's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it's not going to send you to hell. I know that, right? And so, uh, but what I want you to know is that that's not, in fact, what happens one minute after you die. In fact, one minute after you die, your soul separates from your body. And that is what we know, that your soul will separate from your body one minute after you die. I'm going to read a large passage of Scripture found in First Second Corinthians. And uh, it is... I lost my place. I'm so sorry. I had it reserved and I moved it. Second Corinthians chapter. Scotty, do you have it up on the screen? You do, don't you? Let's just go there. So whether we are here in body or away from this body, our, no, uh, it's got to be verse one. Do you have verse one? I'm sorry, friends. I was really excited about reading this out of, here we are. Second Corinthians chapter five. Verse one: For we know that when we, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, 
when we die and we leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not made by human hands. First thing you need to know that when we die, our soul separates from our body and that God is making for us a body in eternity. We find this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. We, verse 2, we grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly body like new clothes. For we will put on heavenly bodies and we will not be spirits without bodies. Did you hear that? We will not be spirits without bodies. For while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and we sigh. And it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. Verse 5, God himself has prepared for us this as a guarantee, and he has given us the Holy Spirit. What's important that you understand in that measure, guys, and that's why the Holy Spirit is one of our four values in our church, is that what, what Paul is saying is that the Lord has given you the Holy Spirit as a guarantee, as a deposit of the future body that you're going to have when you leave this vessel. Does that make sense? It's important because in our life, we should be looking for the Holy Spirit as the deposit and guarantee in our life. We are led by the Holy Spirit. We live by the Holy Spirit. And he guarantees us, oh, we're sons and daughters of God. We're about to be born into a new world one day soon. Does this make sense to everyone? Verse 6, so we are always confident even though that we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies and be at home with the Lord. Verse 9. I'm going to stop here. So whether we are in body or away from this body, our goal is to become YouTube famous. No. Whether we are in this body or at home with the Lord, our, body, our goal is to make as much money on this earth as we can. I would hope not. Whether we are at home in heaven or in this body, our goal is to have a house filled with shiplap. I hope not. I know that we have a lot of goals on this planet, but I hope that you know that the goal, the ultimate goal of our life is to live a life that pleases Jesus. If we have any other goal in our life, guys, I think that we need to question where we are in our mindset about what happens one minute after we die. Our goal, whether we are in this body or present with the Lord, is to live a life that pleases Jesus. Can I get an amen? In verse 10, he says this, for we all must stand before Christ to be judged. And we each will receive whatever we deserve for the good or the evil that we have done in this earthly body. I have a few questions that I thought of this, this week. And, uh, you know, can we all live twice? If, if I don't do a good job in this body before I take my last breath, can I, can I live again? I, before I came to know Jesus, I, I tried Buddhism and uh, the whole Nirvana concept and, and, and coming back again. And I don't know about you, and I know this is a popular belief. And sometimes uh, there are Christians that have fallen into the trap of believing this. And, and here's the problem is that I actually haven't met anyone that lived 
400 years ago yet. Have you? I don't know anyone that's lived 3,000 years ago or 6,000 years ago, but somehow many of us believe that this is a possibility. And I want you to know that the scripture says that it is appointed that in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, that just as people are destined to die once, and after that, they will face the judgment. We are appointed to die once. It is important that we understand that what we do in this lifetime is crucial because we will only live it one time. What happens one minute after you die? I believe that I can answer that question very simple. What happens one minute after you die depends on what you did before you died and how you lived your life because you have one life to live it. And I think that it's crucial that we're aware of that. Now, I thought of some other things. Can I repent later? Maybe possibly in purgatory. I have searched the scriptures. I, I was raised uh, Catholic in this theology that there is a place that we all go to where we await um, until that we can like say enough prayers to get our hearts right to connect with God. And friends, I, I want you to know that I've read the entire Bible cover to cover, and I do not believe that after Jesus Christ has came and lived on this earth, that there is a place that we will go and await to get our souls right to meet Jesus. It doesn't happen like that. In fact, I'm going to show you some really alarming truths, and I would encourage you to study for yourself. And the reason why I believe these things is because when I pray to Jesus, he speaks back to me. I have a relationship with Jesus. It's not a religion. I don't just believe in God. I connect with him. He talks to me. I have found his power in my life multiple times over again. And I think when we have a relationship with God, it's real. So when Jesus says that I am the one who was dead and now is alive, that's mind-blowing to me. So any belief that I want to navigate to, that any denomination or religion believes, I want to make sure that I first meet, connect with the one who is on the other side because he tells me how to get there. Does that make sense? And so as I'm thinking about this today, what are some of the things that we believe? Some people, there are some current doctrines floating around right now that you can repent when you get into heaven. And man, this is dangerous. There is, if you like studying these things, there is a book that is currently out there that I think that is the best book that I have ever read about eternity. It is filled with scripture, 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 scripture. Why is it important that it's filled with scripture? Because the God of eternity wants you to know about eternity. He does. He doesn't want to make this a mystery. It's not like something that you can't ever figure out what is truth. God presents truth to us and wants us to walk in it. There's a book called Erasing Hell by a man named Francis Chan. It is a very sobering book, and it is, it is very, uh, it's, a, it's a hard read. It's got a lot of truths that I don't like, that I can't not face. Erasing Hell by Francis Chan. I dare you to read it, and I guarantee it will shape your, 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 your life in a more meaningful way. Because I believe that the things that we believe in our life should change the way we live. I believe that the things that we believe about life should change the way that we live our life. We can't be casual and just floating through time doing nothing. We are people of purpose, a people of mission, a people of passion, and we're in pursuit of what God has called us to live while we live this one life here on earth. 
And so there's one more verse that I want to remind you about. When, our, when we die, the first thing that happens is our bodies separate from our souls. Once we, we Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, for just as at a point that we are destined to die once, and after that we face judgment. We know the second that we die, our bodies, our soul separates from our spirit, and we're before God. I have another verse I'm going to show it to you. Jesus said it, actually. He said it in the most passionate moment of his entire life. He's literally hanging on a cross. He is naked in front of, in front of his mother, in front of people that he doesn't know. There's shame. All, he's, he's filled with, I mean, it is the worst moment of his life. And still, he is presenting truth to people and hope. There's a thief on a cross hanging next to him. And he looks over and he realizes that there is something different about Jesus. And he says, Lord, remember me when, I come into, when you come into your paradise. And Jesus says this in, in Luke chapter 23, verse 42 and 43. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth that today, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. What happens one moment after you die? Our body leaves this earth, our soul leaves this earth, excuse me, and we are standing in heaven before God. My third point today is that this, first point is that it is every one of us is going to die. The second one is that our, our bodies will separate from our souls, and I believe in my third point today is that you will have the greatest moment of your life one minute after you die. I know this because I think about how awesome the sun is. Like on a July afternoon, the sun is one of the scariest things on earth. It, is, it, it, it can cripple me from thousands of miles away. And yet God holds the sun in his hand. I have never seen awesome with my eyes. But there is coming a day. There is a lot of stories about people that have had encounters of the throne or have gotten a glimpse. And I have not yet heard of anyone that has ever seen God and said anything other than, wow. Wow. To know absolute power for the first time. To know absolute love for the first time, to understand what holiness is different than anything we've ever seen, tasted, or touched. It's wow. It's so much wow that people that don't love him, that don't like him, that have ran from him their whole life, the scripture actually says this, in one moment after you die, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. In Romans chapter 14, Philippians chapter 2, the scripture actually says in Revelation chapter 5 verse 13, that every creature that has ever, in one moment, they all see, wow, that. It's like nothing I've ever seen before in my life. That is awesome. That is glorious. He is Lord and I am not. One moment after you die. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. 
And so I don't know what you're thinking about or what matters most to you, but I think that a lot of us think about shiplap or a lot of us think about a new car or a lot of us are thinking about our financial goals. But I do want you to know that the most significant moment of your life will take place the second you die. You will still live. Please make sure that I explain this correctly today. You are an eternal being. When God gave you life, he gave you life forever. And the very next thing that happens after you see the Lord is this. We will all face judgment. This is the, uh, I think, the most craziest moment for me. It was the most sobering thing that I had ever understood about life and existence. So I, I had many different ideas about eternity. I had many different ideas about God. I, had, I, I believed that there was a heaven, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to go there. I believe that there was a hell, and I'm going to party with my friends in hell one day. We're all just going to hang out in hell. And I don't know where I got that idea from or what, but I, I want to make sure that you understand that if there's 7 billion people on this earth and you gravitate to an idea, where are you getting it from? And what's the possibility that you're right? The only reason why what I'm saying today I believe to be true is because the one that says that I was dead and now I'm alive forevermore is significant. So I'm going to read two passages. It's going to be about five to ten more minutes yet, but this is important that you get this. There's two passages in Scripture that I want you to understand that happen. You'll face judgment. I don't know if you're aware of this, and most Christians aren't, but in Scripture, there are two different judgments that take place in heaven. Everyone say two. 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 The first one is found in Revelations chapter 20. And I'm going to go there and read it to you right now. Revelations chapter 20. This is absolutely sobering to me. Revelations 20 verse 11. He says, And then I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. And the earth and the sky fled from his presence. And then, I, I, but they found no place to hide. He said that the earth and the sky fled from his presence. I saw a great white throne and the earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. We'll hear about this next week or in two more weeks when we talk about what heaven looks like in great detail. I, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. Wow. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. I have goosebumps all over my body right now. And the books were open, including the book of life. The books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done, recorded in the books. Verse 15, and anyone's name who was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. I want you to know this is not the only time in Scripture that we hear about the great throne judgment. Jesus talked about it when he walked on this earth in, in Matthew chapter 25. He, he, he said this. He, um, can we go there, Scotty? Matthew 25, 31 through 46. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will gather before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep on his right hand side and the goats on his left. Let me stop there. Why it's important. The sheep on his right hand, the sheep are the ones that follow the shepherd. 
The goats are the ones that scatter. Why it's important that you understand this is because Jesus said it this way in another translation. He says that narrow is the way that leads to life and few will find it. But wide is the way that leads to destruction and many will enter through that gate. Why? The leader of the satanic cult, um, uh, his name was um, uh, Manson. What was it? Antoine LaVey. He, he said this. Anyone who is not serving God is already serving the enemy. Because the enemy's objective is not to get you to do drugs. It's not to get you to have sex. It's not to get you to listen to rock and roll. It's no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, 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 that was the church like missed it completely. It's not to follow Jesus. Anything you do that's not following Jesus is like a goat doing anything that he wants to do on his own mission. He's running any direction he wants, but he's not following the Lord. Now, it's important that I, I mean, I, and so Jesus said, he, he, he said to the sheep, he said, hey, look to those on his right. He says, look, the reason why I call you my sheep is because I came to you and, and, you, and, you, and you served me. Well, when do we come and serve you? He said, I, I, I came to you as a, as, 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 as a poor. I came to you in prison. I was naked and you clothed me. I was hungry and you fed me. I was the least of these on this earth and you looked after me. You cared for other people greater than yourself. You served me on this earth. And he says, I've created a home for you. This is no different than anything that would happen on this earth. If you have children, zombie apocalypse happens on this earth. And your kid's outside and he meets a stranger and that stranger protects that little boy. You know what that daddy's gonna do? You can come into my home because you've protected my son. You valued my son. You followed my son. You honored my son. But if you rejected my son, if you ignored him, if you hurt him, then the place that I have prepared is not a place that you have value in. You have value in yourself, which is exactly what the enemy does. What he does is he wants you to look after you. There's a second judgment that happens, and, and I want to make sure that you understand that the first judgment is awful. There is an eternity. There is a heaven, and there is a hell. Regardless of whether or not you believe it, I don't need you to believe it. Jesus said it. It is a reality. I don't know where you get your doctrine from or what you believe about the other side, but I, I, I beg you, I dare you, I, I want to pay you to investigate, to figure out how, what is on the other side? What does eternity look like? Because I think that it's the most significant question that you will ever discover on this earth. There is a second judgment. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 10, uh, no, no, just verse 10, he says this, For we all must stand before Christ to be judged, and we will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or the evil that we have done in this earthly body. There is a second judgment coming to all the believers. Now, you don't enter into eternity by because of the things that you've done. You enter into eternity because Jesus Christ died on the cross and he gave his life for you. We lived an imperfect life and we screwed this whole thing up, but he was perfect. But because we chose to put our trust and our faith in him, he gave us the life that he have and he died in our place. We find life in him and we follow him. But there is another judgment coming, and it's for the things that we've done here on this earth. The Bible says that for every idle word, we will give account. For everything that we do, it, to him who knows to do right and does not do it, to him it is sin, the Bible says. 
We will give account for everything we say and we do in this life. The Bible says that the books will be opened at the judgment seat of Christ. And this is where our life will flash before us. And we will see everything that we've done. And God will honor us. There will be crowns. I don't know if you realize this, but Jesus said that I'm going to build a place for you. There are mansions in heaven. Jesus says, if it weren't so, I would not tell you, but I go to prepare a place for you. I'm building you a home in heaven. I want you to store up your treasures in heaven, not here on this earth. We're not living for this lifetime. We're living for the great... I think that that's important because what I realize that happens to me and I'm the pastor and most people tell me that I'm one of the most passionate people that they know on this planet. Thank you for that compliment, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, but why that's important is because I have realized that even in my own life, this earth deceives me and this life deceives me and I get comfortable and I crave more comfort and my whole focus on, in my life becomes about what I'm doing here, not what I'm doing for eternity. And I think it's significant that we understand that you may know where your eternal destiny is, but I can promise you that Jesus has put people in your life that don't. And I think it's massively significant that we understand that we have a mission with the days that he's given us here on this earth. These are not my words. These are the Lord's. I'm gonna have you guys play. This is what the apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter one, verse 20 through 23. He said, and I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For to me, Living means for Christ, and dying is even better. For if I live, I can do more fruitful things for Christ. But he said, but if I live, I can do more th fruitful things for Christ. So I don't really know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which is far better for me. But I realize I have to stay for you. And I don't know if you understand that yet. One minute after you die will be determined by the way that we live this life here on this earth. Now, your eternal destination is set by your faith in Jesus. But it's important that we understand that it will be significant the way that we lived our life. And I beg you, I beg you, I beg you to live with purpose, live with mission, live with a heart, like if there's one thing that God wants to give us today, I believe it's a heart for the lost, a heart for those that are, that he's going to turn away on the day of judgment. 